I'm Nate. I'm the spiritual formation pastor here, and uh, I get to continue our series, You Asked For It. Okay, I'm excited for that. Are you excited? Wow, that's enthusiasm. I appreciate that. (laughs) Here's the thing. You did ask for it, and you know what we're talking about today? Uh, The fun topic, okay, of hypocrisy. And so we heard statements on this. We heard questions, all this stuff. It came down to this one question, really, if I summarize it. What do we do with hypocrisy in the church? You know what I say? We fire it. I don't know. (laughs) I just wanted to say something intense because you asked for it. You're going to get it today, guys. You better be prepared. Hypocrisy of all topics. Doesn't that sound lovely? No. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. So yeah, there's several things I could say about hypocrisy. But I want to start with this. I I was hired at one of my first jobs. I worked at a country club, golf. The person who hired me at this country club, and I should say this, this country club was pristine. It was groomed well. It was put together. You could see every aspect was cared for. I got hired on the grounds crew. The person that hired me, his name was Bob. Bob and his wife attended our home church for years. I knew Bob because of my grandparents. My grandparents would actually go out to eat with them on occasion. So I got to know them. They were lovely people. Then I worked for Bob. When, like, Bob was a small statured man. Like, he wasn't big. He was, had gray hair, had glasses that were transition lens because they would get tan or they'd get dark in the sun. And when, they were, when he was yelling at you, you couldn't see his eyes, which was scary, okay? But he would turn into a drill sergeant. He would come at you. His whole, like, skin would turn red, and there was this rage, and he would use colorful language, okay? And he would come at you, and you felt like you were a maggot or something, you know? Like a drill sergeant getting you in shape. He was so perfectionistic, but he was a different person at work than he was at church. And here's what I thought. When I was getting yelled at, okay, I probably deserved it half the time, who knows, but I got hired to do a job at this place, and here's the thing I didn't know. They had nine miles of cart path paved. My job for the entire summer was to uh, shovel sand and get it prepared for sod, to go on both sides. So nine miles of cart path and I'm shoveling sand and this guy is yelling at anything that's not perfect. What I felt in that moment, looking back, is I felt this, something is broken. Something is broken in this scenario. And there was more of like a gut feeling to me, like a gut check. When he would erupt with his anger, rage, whatever, immediately thought, that's not the same person. But my first, and I can remember that my instinct to this was, something is wrong. And so I wanted to give you a little bit of a guide where we're heading with hypocrisy. Uh, This helps me as much maybe as it helps you. But here's a guide. We're going to hypocrisy define. I want to give you a definition from the dictionary. I want to talk about hypocrisy in the Bible. Darth Vader, because you got to have Darth Vader. Uh, Matthew 23 observations, so what, the disciples in hypocrisy, and then I'm ending with the problem. I'm ending with the problem today. So let's look at the definition first. Hypocrisy, it's a noun in case you didn't know, okay? The practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to, want, to which one's behavior does not conform. Pretense. It's an act. We have certain beliefs, morals, but we act differently from them. That's the definition. What's the Bible say? What's a biblical worldview of that? Well, we have 
primarily it's associated with the teachings of Jesus. I want you to know that because actually in the entire Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, there's only mentioned one time with this specific word hypocrisy in it, and it comes from the book of Psalms. That's fascinating in itself. So everything when we talk about hypocrisy, it comes out of the Gospels. It's primarily Jesus' teachings. He's the one who addresses and talks a lot about hypocrisy. The Greek word was transliterated into English as hypocrite. It was used to denote an actor, one who performed behind a mask. That's where it's derived from, an actor hiding behind a mask. Jesus uses it primarily, out of all the times he uses it, primarily it's about, or it's in regards to self-righteousness. There's a lot there. But that's a guide to kind of help uh, where, where we're headed in the sense of the biblical worldview of hypocrisy. And to get a good picture of this, this might help Darth Vader. Okay, Darth Vader, everybody knows, well, maybe not all of you know Darth Vader, but he's a villain, okay? Darth Vader, he looks intense, right? Well, the voice of Darth Vader is James Earl Jones. He's the voice. Now, Darth has actually been played by quite a few people, but the voice has always been James Earl Jones. What we know about James Earl Jones, he's not Darth Vader. It's okay. <laughs> There's a mask that he essentially puts on to disclose himself as Darth Vader, and we can be okay with it in that context. What about in the church? What about in the church? What do we do with hypocrisy in the church? Well, the church, is, it's as if someone is here saying, I am a follower of Jesus, and I put on this mask, and I don't live the what I'm preaching. That's where it's not okay. And so Jesus addresses this in the Gospels, very specifically, very point-blank statements, direct And here, here I want to say this up front before I open up a little bit more about what Jesus is teaching, because... This is, this is the f foundation where I'm coming from for this. I trust Jesus. Jesus, in his direct comments, whether it be to the Pharisees, to the disciples, to us, his directness is perfect. If Jesus is direct and Jesus has point, pointed language, it's right. Because there's no other human perfect like Jesus was. So when I read this specific direct language about hypocrisy, I need to keep that in mind. I trust Jesus. Jesus, when he was angry, he drove people from the temple with a rope. I still trust him there. Any other human to do that? I don't think I would. Because he has righteous anger. If Jesus is who he says he is, everything he does is perfect. And so I would need to keep that in mind. We're talking supernatural language here. So let's get into it. Matthew chapter 23 is the major chunk of what Jesus talks about hypocrisy. So I just want to read the first couple of intro or the introductory uh, verses. He says this to the crowd and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. He's just saying that Moses judged. He brought the law. There was judgment. He made judgment calls. So the Pharisees, lawgivers, they're also sitting on that same seat. There's, they're making judgment calls. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but get this. But do not do what they do. For they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. 
Intro. This is just the intro of Jesus just hitting on hypocrisy. He goes on to say this. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries, which is just their garments, which also meant like a status symbol. Uh, Their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and to be called rabbis by others. Pretty strong language already. This is the intro. And then right after this, Jesus goes into seven woes specifically towards the Pharisees, specifically towards hypocrisy, and even uses the word in the woes. Woe are you, you hypocrites. And he does it seven times. I'm gonna give you four examples of those. Just to let this sit, I want you to hear, I want you to feel the language that Jesus uses here. So let's start with the first one. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. You shut the door on their faces. Pretty specific language. I don't think there's much gray area here. It's very specific. Let's go to the next one. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides. You strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. Powerful language. I was at one church one time that actually put that on a card. There was a gnat next to a camel. Huge difference. And that's what happens with hypocrisy. Powerful, powerful language. That's another example. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you. Again, I trust Jesus here. I trust his language. One more, and this is probably the most popular one from uh, Matthew chapter 23, 27 through 28. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Not probably the most encouraging. Doesn't it just even feel heavy? In this room? Yeah, because when you hear language like that, it's hard not to start to assess yourself. It's hard not to bring it close to, am I that way? What's going on in me? So here's just a couple observations that conclude what Jesus was stating. I just want to make it more pointed statements to make us all feel a little better. Observations. Hypocrites don't have compassion for people struggling. They love to be praised and admired by other people. They're, child, they're children of hell. I should have said it that way, but anyways. Shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Hypocrites neglect the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. On the outside, you appear righteous, but are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Is it pretty clear? I don't know if there's much gray area in that type of language. 
And even me, like studying this and going through this over and like sitting and praying, stuff came up for me. I am not perfect. Never look at someone on stage and say they're perfect because they're not. If I can say this, pastors, this is just a working definition for me, pastors were never meant to be famous. They weren't at all. And it's really hard because up here, you get attention. (laughs) Up here, this can be an ego stroke. Up here, it can be more about entertainment. It can be more power. It can be more about money. It can be all kinds of things but Jesus. And you hope and you trust it is about Jesus. But I can tell you, there's hypocrisy. And we can see Jesus is very, very specific about it. I can remember at one of the first churches I was at. I was a youth pastor at a smaller church in uh, Indiana, middle of nowhere, great people. And uh, we got a parsonage, and even out our back door, whenever we opened up that back door, I think, it, yeah, it worked that way, back door towards cows. <laughs> that was new for us. We didn't have cows here in Lansing. You know, open up the door and say, hey, cows. And cows are very social. I talk to them all the time. Probably thought I was crazy, which I am, okay? But anyways, I digress. Uh, I got to meet with somebody as a pastor. I was a youth pastor, and I got to know a couple in our church that were tremendous people, leaders. One was on the board, the other taught Sunday school, loved these people. They had a young adult son in his 20s, single at the time, and I noticed I never met him, never saw him. So finally, I got the opportunity to actually meet with him. And I remember that meeting because it struck me significantly. We actually sat down, and because I hadn't seen him at church, I was curious. I asked him this question, what do you really think about church? What are your thoughts about church? He looked right at me without any moment of time and said immediately, "Uh, church is full of hypocrites, and I'm tired of it. Basically, the whole reason he was not going to church is because the hypocrites in the church. That was the first time anyone directly told that to me. And in that moment, instead of coming back defensively and saying, no, 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 that's not the case, that's not the case, no, immediately when he said that, something happened in me that it connected. There was something deep. Because even in the moment of me just starting ministry, I could feel it. You know what wears me out more than anything? Hypocrisy but it's also in my life. I'm not perfect. And when he said it, there was something in me in saying, yes, there is hypocrisy in the church, without a doubt. We're all in this together. And that's the thing I don't think we realize. And so I wanna, I wanna move towards the end here, and I wanna move towards the so what moment. And I'm going to conclude with what, this, what Jesus said to his disciples in Luke chapter 6 about hypocrisy. This is to the disciples, okay? He says this, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourselves fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Here's the point. Hypocrisy is everywhere. It's in the church. We see it all over. Uh, I just finished a podcast a couple months ago that was like eight episodes of one of the largest churches in America, 
and how they were destroyed by a corrupt leadership. It was to the point where there was, it was such a large church that the church actually broke down into smaller churches and there were pastors struggling to make ends meet while being a pastor because they broke up this large church and the senior pastor walked away with $600,000. And you know what he's doing? Planting another church. Is that about Jesus or is that about money? Yeah, it's gut-wrenching. Bill Hybels, I remember sitting in a room, a conference at Willow Creek. I would go there to that church and dream. They had this book department in there called Seeds. I loved going there and looking at the books. There was something there. It was electric. And I remember sitting in the conference with thousands of people with Bill Hybels looking out and saying, the hope of the world is the church. And everyone feeling goosebumps and being brought in together. And we're, we're going to do this. We're going to accomplish something. And you know what? Bill was corrupt. Man, that's tough. I'm saying, I'm saying these things. I'm with you. It is tough. And here, as I spent time looking through this passage of Jesus, and as I spent time researching, here's what I came down to. The problem, and this may sound super simple, but hang with me. The problem is not human beings. The problem is hypocrisy. I didn't know this, okay? And this sounds so simple, so elementary, but it's so true. The more I did research on this, the more I found out through word biblical commentary, through the New Testament Greek commentary, all these people were... uh, saying that it was Jesus and the Pharisees. So Jesus attacked the Pharisees. I always thought Pharisees were the problem. Not at all. Here's the thing. It was the hypocrisy in the Pharisees. Jesus didn't even give up on the Pharisees. He was still talking to them, even in that direct language. He was talking to the disciples. Take the speck out of your own eye. So here's the point. If the problem is hypocrisy within the church, what do we need to do with it? We need to deal with it. I take this as my advice at all. If you, if you want any advice, I know I'm just barely 40, okay? So I have a lot to learn still. But there's one thing that I try to do every time I think about hypocrisy, and that is, what is it like in my life first? If I ever want to address somebody and call someone out, because I feel like so many times the church is expected to have the same language as Jesus when I don't think that is the case. Our anger would get the best of us. So it's all still about Jesus. And part of our walk with Jesus is surrendering ourself first. There's hypocrisy here. You know how to deal with it? You deal with it yourself first. And so here's the thing I love about Faith Church. Faith Church, I feel like, has turned a corner at some point. I don't know when, but I feel like we've turned a corner where we're now saying The most important thing is we can provide a safe environment for people to actually deal with stuff, to actually deal with it. So to deal with hypocrisy, we have to ask questions like this, just for a couple examples. What am I hiding from God? What kind of mask am I using to to hide? Am I who I say I am? Do I have compassion for people who are struggling? You want to deal with hypocrisy, it's actually more about this internal dialogue and who we really are. 
Even this week, as I was working on this sermon, something came up out of my attention just in the prayer time with Jesus. I was reminded there's one area in my life where I have fear. And because there's fear, I'm hiding it from God. And he just showed that to me. There's awareness now. Now it's on me to deal with it, to work with Jesus on it, to look for healing, to ask for healing. But here's the point. It's not for us to go immediately to another person and say, hey, look at the speck. <laughs> look at what's in your eye. No, because I have a huge plank in mine. Our first step and always is towards Jesus. Second is self. Then other people. This is not an easy thing to talk about. Because even in my life, I know I'm not perfect. And I, I don't want to talk about too much because this touches on so many different areas. There was even a moment where I thought I should bring up a topic that the Wesleyan church has um, struggled with on a theological level. They have this term called entire sanctification. That's a tough one. Entire sanctification? <laughs> you probably don't even have, you may not even have ever heard that word before. And I'm sorry to bring this up at the end, but we don't have everything right. And I'm not saying we have it wrong here. I'm just saying we, we uh, major on topics and issues that don't mean a lot. What it really comes down to is Jesus. If you ever have a question about hypocrisy, surrender it to Jesus first. This may seem really simple, but remember, the problem is not people. And so when somebody messes up, when you yourself mess up, we expect them to get what they deserve. But I'm so glad Jesus is in charge of that. I'm so glad he gives kindness and grace and love like I've never seen anywhere else. And we need to be reminded there is hypocrisy, but in that hypocrisy, we need to call it out. We need to deal with it. We need to provide a safe environment to ask these questions. Where am I hiding? What mask am I using? Am I actually who I say I am? And do I actually have some compassion for other people? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for this moment where we get to chew on some things that might be a little bit deeper than we understand or maybe even comprehend at times. But Father, even in the depth, I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit would surround us. Lord, my prayer has always been, may we fall in love with you, Jesus. And so, Father, I'm calling out hypocrisy. We have corrupt leaders in our church. And Father, that has never stopped you, Jesus. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for reminding us we're all in this together. And the most important thing has always been, it will never change, the most important thing is you, Jesus. And so, Father, I just pray right now that we would surrender wherever we're at. We would just simply surrender that to you. If we have been hurt by hypocrisy in the church, if we are the hypocrite, wherever we're at in this journey, Father, I pray right now that we would surrender that to you, Jesus. May our focus be brought back to you and your loving, kind, amazingly grace-filled words. We love you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name.